0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. If you're growing a brand around your nerdy passion, you can learn from business and marketing podcasts, or you can learn from nerds like you. This is the show built by bloggers, cosplayers, gamers, artists, and other entrepreneurs that are making the things you love. How's it going, entrepreneurs? Welcome to episode 75 of the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Ludy, and I've got a, a really interesting and in-depth episode for you today. But first, I want to talk um, James Tercasso, which I had back in episode 55 just yesterday, released a, a new Dungeons & Dragons supplement called My Dad's Monster Manual. Which is now uh, number one on the DM's Guild, and um, he and he showed his dad the the monster manual and uh, the pictures in the monster manual, and had his dad come up with new lore for all of those monsters just based off the pictures. Uh, James statted them out and created uh, eighty new monster stat blocks and lore to use in your game. So. Um, that is, I got to play test that way back earlier this year. Um, some really unique and very cool monsters. So check that out if you're looking for some new monsters and lore to add to your game. And this week, I am talking with Jeff Stormer, who is a podcaster and game designer. Uh, he hosts the Party of One podcast, which. Him and another guest play a two-person role-playing game, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun, and you get to you get to see a lot of uh, unique role-playing systems, and um, it's a it's a great storytelling avenue that uh, you know you don't see in a lot of actual play podcasts. And he is also a game designer; uh, he's created games like Mission Accomplished and the Olive Garden RPG. And just today, he has released Anyone Can Wear the Mask, which is a really cool one to three player RPG about a superhero, supervillain, and the city they share. So it's perfect for a comic book and superhero fans, whether you've played an RPG before or not. So it's not just reserved for, you know, Dungeons and Dragons fans looking to branch out. It's Anybody who is a fan of superheroes specif- specifically, it's kind of Jeff's love letter to the superhero genre. And we talk a lot about how he is marketing the game more towards that comic book audience versus the, the tabletop role-playing game audience. Um, and in this episode, we go really in-depth about... The actual marketing campaign that he's put together for the launch of this. So we talk about, you know, what what he's doing ahead of time, like things such as guesting on other podcasts, the content he's preparing for launch day and for the period after that. Um, we go into you know social media posting frequency and um, buyer personas, and and get uh, get real into depth in the marketing side of things. Which was, which was a lot of fun. And I think whether you are a game designer or any, any geek brand looking to launch a new product or, um, or prepare a marketing campaign, there is a ton of really great stuff in this one for you. So let's dive right in. All right, I'm now joined by Jeff Stormer. Jeff, thanks for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so Can you tell me a little bit about your uh, journey into RPGs and, and um, how that created the Party One podcast and the new game you're developing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I've been playing role playing games since I was eight years old or so. We, my brothers and I found a copy of a game called Middle Earth Role Playing at a garage sale. Um, and as an adult, having read the game several times, I understand why you would give that game away in a garage sale. Uh, I get that now. Um it was a game that was completely incomprehensible to me as an 8-year-old who had never no understanding of what like a tabletop role-playing game is but something about it like captured my imagination and so like I I kept fiddling with this idea of role-playing games until I was a teenager and discovered Dungeons and Dragons with my high school friends and then uh in college when I started discovering indie RPGs is when I like deeply fell in love so like that it's been something that like it is a role playing games as a language is a thing that is like core to my being and it has been a thing that almost as long as I can read I have been like practicing this thing so it kind of just naturally translates into all of my work in one way or another um and then as far as like podcasting it was uh, i so I'd been playing role-playing games my entire life. Uh, then I moved in with my then-girlfriend, now-wife, uh, partner, Jen Frank, who produces Party of One. Um, and because I had just left a D&D group at the time, when we moved in together, like, we moved to a different city, we moved to Philadelphia, and, like, I left the game group that I was playing with in South Jersey. So I started researching games that the two of us could play together. And I'd been doing this for a few years when uh, my friend Noah Houlihan pr- approached me about like prospectively starting a net – like a podcast network and was like, if you'd be interested in developing content for this network, like I want to hear your pitches – and I had been listening to actual play podcasts. I was a big fan of one shot and campaign. And I, I wrote up a quick pitch of like, what if we took this thing that I already know a pretty good amount about, like two player games, this thing that I've already been kind of like kicking the tires on and figuring out if it's doable. And what if I made a show where I just played two player games? And it was like, uh, my friend was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And then that podcast network never got off the ground. And I was like, all right, well, then I've already got this thing developed. I may as well just make it. And that was pretty much the the journey. And from there, uh, I, I started it, Party of One. And from, you know, that was its, its, its uh, humble beginnings. And then it's been five years as of October 26th. So it's been a pretty pretty good run. It's been a pretty good run so far. And I don't feel like we have any signs of slowing down.
0: Awesome and yeah, um, so I, I really like talking to, to people who have a marketing background because so we can really yeah. get into the get into the weeds about some some KPIs and some nerds. It's a thing that I don't get to talk about
1: often, and honestly, I gotta say I'm really excited to talk marketing.
0: Awesome. Um, so yeah, I I, I really want to talk about the new game, but um, before that, you've you've launched uh, like a, a dozen at least uh, indie RPGs. Can you talk a little bit about um, like what you learned from those launches that you're bringing into this this most recent one?
1: Absolutely, because I think I've learned a lot from a lot of them. Um, a lot of the games that I publish are either so it's funny because it's funny that you ask that because the the secret is a lot of the things that I write and work on. I'm also I. I approach a lot of the, like, creative stuff that I work on as a, like, teaching ex- – a lot of my games are teaching exercises for myself. Like, the the honest-to-goodness answer is that, like, a lot of the games that I have published, I have published because I want to test myself and, like, learn this, learn skill X, and the best way for me to do that is that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do a thing. Um, some good examples are I published a two-player – game about pro wrestling called Big Fight Feel. And the reason that I made Big Fight Feel was because uh, a, a friend, D. Pennyway, had posted a Google, not a Google, uh, a Twitter thread uh, that was like, you can create a professional looking PDF, like a laid out document in Google Docs. And here's how, like, here's how to use like headlines and margins and tables and all these other things. And here's how you can create a professional looking thing in Google Docs and i told myself i was like well i generally cannot afford to pay a layout artist like i don't have that money budgeted aside so i'm going to teach myself how to do this and i'm going to make a game that teaches myself how to do layout like i'm going to teach myself and and this is going to be my uh my te- like my, my rubric right like this pro- this product this deliverable is my way of saying like i accomplished this um and like so the, the practical answer is that, like, a lot of my games have taught me very tangible skills. Uh, Doing the Job, which is a, a card-based game also about wrestling, there's a common theme, and I, I, I'm hoping that people start to pick up on that, um, which was I, I wanted to teach myself how to use, uh, like, a card-building program. Like, I wanted to learn how to be- use the program that would allow me to make card-based games. So a lot of my – the stuff that I've made has been very specifically geared towards technical exercises, which has been very successful. But the larger answer – the marketing answer is like I've learned a lot about – I think that the the thing that I learned the most about like from a marketing games perspective is honestly – and it's easy to say this, but it was probably Mission Accomplished, which is the game that I ran on Kickstarter in 2018 – because i got to run the kickstarter process right like that was a i really think as much as i think long term i want to move away from kickstarter as like a career goal that was a masterclass in forcing me to apply like in in realizing both during the kickstarter and afterwards like in realizing what like in, in the things that we were doing during the Kickstarter and the things I realized I didn't do afterwards, it was a masterclass in seeing how the work that I do in marketing in my nine to five, which I've worked in marketing as a writer in some capacity for the last 10 years, seeing that work directly translate into my game stuff, like watching that happen both during and after was a like the, the best possible learning experience in like seeing all of these things apply to this other platform.
0: Yeah, what are some examples of, like, what you learned doing a Kickstarter as far as, yeah, I guess, what what are you going to take away from Kickstarter now and apply to a non-Kickstarter launch?
1: Um, there's a lot of little things, uh, and it's funny because it was there are things that when I sat down and thought about them, they seemed obvious, but, like, promotion and press and, like, the importance of, like, going out and and not just... Like, I can, there's a, there's the observable difference between, hey, I made a game, I dropped it, here, it's out, like, here's the thing, and here's a thing that has a promotional process built into it, right? Like, Mission Accomplished did really well, and a big part of the reason that it did really well was because I appeared on a bunch of podcasts, and I, like, I sent it to people and had them read it and like re- and, like, talk about it, and, like... I did a lot of, like, that sort of, like, on-the-ground promotion. And sure enough, whenever a podcast dropped that featured the game, I could see that bump in Kickstarter sales. And, like, yeah, if people talk about your thing, people are going to know about your thing and it's going to get the word out. And that's, like, a very obvious thing. And in terms of, like, that was the obvious thing that I picked up on, like, during the Kickstarter itself. But for me, the larger lesson of which is something that i didn't pick up on until after and it was very much a why didn't i do this moment which is i was talking to a friend of mine after the kickstarter had ended and the topic of uh mission accomplished for background is a game about um Super spies and office meetings. It is very deliberately designed to be similar to an episode of Archer. Like, Archer is its biggest point of inspiration. It is Archer the role-playing game. I just couldn't get the rights because I didn't try. (laughs) I probably could have, but I didn't try, and that's an important thing. Um, I was talking to a friend, and we were talking about Archer, and I mentioned the game, and they were like, wait, I love Archer. They they were not a friend who likes role-playing games. And... That was my big kick myself moment of like, oh, I made a thing that is for fans of this one specific thing, but because, but like, I didn't, to get into, to get fully into marketing lingo, get ready, because we're going, we're hitting the gas right now. Um, I did not build my sales funnel correctly at all. I really started pretty lower in the funnel than I should have. And like that was a moment after the Kickstarter had ended that I stepped back and I was like, wait a second, why am I – why is the, why was this my buyer persona, right? Why was my buyer persona a person that is already playing indie tabletop role-playing games when there is a way larger market of of prospective people for whom this product would be ideal who either haven't heard of role-playing games or like – who are like – or played d d once when they were in high school and didn't like it, like – I, I I realized in that moment, in that conversation with a friend that, like, I had put a lot of limiting factors on, like, my ideal customer and missed out on a lot of opportunities to, like, cross over with things and contact people and do a lot of work. And that is something that I have put a lot of thought into, both in the current game that I'm working on, as well as just, like, the other games that I've released. Like, that was a real learning moment of thinking about, like, it is – Easy to say my ideal audience is tabletop game players because I am making tabletop games. But the truth is, like, a lot of my work is very pop culture focused. And there's an audience for that. Like, there is – and, like, which which ties into the other game that I'm most well-known for, which uh, I can't have an interview and not talk about. Uh, when I made the Olive Garden LARP, when I released, when I wrote a game about the Olive Garden, uh, like it got picked up by Kotaku and it found a lot of people who were like, I don't play games. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go to an Olive Garden and play a game at an Olive Garden, and it really like it, th- the those two things happening in like happening in conversation was a very clear moment of like, I. I make work that is very pop culture focused. Like I mentioned so far in the interview, I make a lot of games about wrestling. Like, I love professional wrestling. It is one of my favorite things in the world. And I make a lot of games examining professional wrestling. So then – I, at that point, I was like, well, then why should just start, like, putting my games in front of wrestling fans? Like, those are people that will read my things. And wrestling fans and, like, the wrestling fans that I have shown my work to have been like, oh, this is cool. I like this. I, I understand the wrestling here. Um, and there was a very specific. I have another very specific moment that I think ties into this that also segues into anyone can wear the mask, which is as I was kind of, like, thinking about all this stuff. I was working on a LARP called El Immortal Unmasked in the Main Event, which was about a luchador on the day that they are booked to unmask, right? The masked wrestler, they lose a mask. They have to take off the mask and reveal themselves to the audience. It's a big emotional moment. I had been writing, writing this game, and I had been, like, pulling my hair out because the feedback that I kept getting was, I don't know enough about wrestling to make this game work. I don't understand enough about wrestling to make this game work. And I was like, well, I kept rewriting it and rewriting it and like watering down the text of it from a game design perspective of like having to explain these things. And and finally, like there was a moment where I kind of got the opposite feedback from a very specific person, like a very specific friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, like this was amazing. Like we like I and it was a friend of mine who was like, I wore my laparca mask for this and it was cool. And it was and it hit me. I was like. What Like, this is a game that one of the required things in this game is a luchador mask, is a mask that you own. And I was like, this game isn't – and as, as at the risk of sounding exclusionist, but I don't think that's necessarily always a bad thing, this game is for people that already like wrestling. Like, this game is a game that is asking you to be enough of a wrestling fan that you just have a lucha mask on hand. Like – I was like, "Oh, yeah, obviously." Like, and it's it's that moment of like ident of like if my uh, of stepping back and saying, "Okay, who is my target audience here? Is it people who like wrestling and love tabletop role playing games, or is it just people who like wrestling that I think could be persuaded to like a role play?" Like, is and in realizing that, I, I I was able to step back and like look at a lot of my work and say. I think that you could if you had never played a role playing game or if you like knew the concept of them cuz you watched Stranger Things you could play mission accomplished and go like oh okay I had a great time cuz it's like Archer I love Archer but that th- by saying and this is something that I've pushed on a lot of people by saying I need my audience to know what a role playing game is and understand role playing game lingo and understand like what they're looking for when they're looking for an indie role playing game you are holding back the amount of people who could discover and fall in love with your game. And I think we've seen a lot of very good examples of that, like across game design stuff. I think there's a lot of good examples of that. And I think that that's, that to me is like a huge takeaway to like pushing my marketing around other games. And like, I'm really, really testing that theory around anyone can wear the mask.
0: And it's, like, it seems like you're kind of realizing like why am I making like trying to make this wrestling game perform better on the indie role playing game like Facebook groups or whatever when there's mm-hmm. like a dozen wrestling groups that have no indie games uh, being that like and, on them and they love it.
1: And like it's 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 up their alley, right? like it's that realization of like of like this 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 audience, this buyer persona, this 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 mark this section of my audience is like there they can they can get it but this other section of this audience there's this other it's it's about like targeting the right people right it's about identifying like these are the people that are going to go look at my work that are going to look at this thing and go this is the thing that i've been looking for and like that is an incredibly powerful that is an incredibly satisfying thing to do to like discover as an artist and then there is also that's also a powerful marketing tool, right? Like that is, that is, that is the first thing that they tell you to do when you're thinking about marketing is identify the person for whom your product is going to answer their problem. And like, that is an incredibly powerful thing that I think a lot of game designers and also like podcasters and really like anybody looking to market a thing, I think is, is a very valuable thing that often I think either gets overlooked or gets overly narrow focused on in the exact way that I overly narrowly focused on it.
0: Or, you know, a second thought where it's, all right, I created this thing for someone. Let's find out who they are and where <laughs> they are. <laughs>
1: right. I think like I think it's it's yeah, it's it's it having that thought and allowing it to like push the push the marketing and promotion of your project is like a really strong foundational thing that like I had been ignoring and it really kind of like it was a it was a light bulb moment of like I do this this is my job <laughs> why have I not been
0: putting this here? So who is the ideal audience for anyone can wear the mask? What uh what's this game all about?
1: Anyone can wear the mask is a one to three player game Uh, It is a hack of the game Beyond the Rift by Deep Anyway, and it is a superhero game about a superhero, a villain, and the city that they live in. Uh, The ideal audience for me, for Anyone Can Wear the Mask, the ideal audience is people that love superhero stories, like people that played, for instance, like the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man and went, oh, cool, this is awesome, like if I I could all like it is a role-playing game that offers a very similar experience. So for me, like it's someone that the ideal audience for me is someone that loves superheroes and could be convinced to play a game either by themselves or with a small group, which I think makes it better for like a beginner who is like pulling together one or two close friends to like try this thing out. But I think for me, like that core, the, the, the unshakable foundation of who this sort of, fire persona is is someone who like loves superheroes because it is a game about it is my love letter to superheroes So it is a game that like exists for people that love superheroes.
0: yeah, I'm excited um
1: I'm so excited for it it really is like I I reread it recently because I was playing it on a podcast and I was like, this really is just Jeff's feed Jeff's intense emotions about superheroes all just dumped onto a page and I'm so here for it
0: <laughs> and that fits the the niche perfectly
1: exactly like that's what we're that's what we're looking that's what you want is is that I want someone to read it and go oh my god like this is my feelings about superheroes
0: so um, so how are you building out your list for this one where are you going to find those those ideal superhero fans. Um, a big thing
1: for me that I didn't do for Mission Accomplished and like I, I've played around a little bit with in the games in between, like I had mentioned, you know, sending my games to some wrestling fans. But like the big thing that I'm doing is I'm I'm going to a lot of tabletop RPG podcasts, but like I'm also sending the game off to like comic book reviewers and being like, hey, you don't necessarily like I don't like you're not necessarily a role playing game reviewer or, like, person that, like, reviews role-playing games, but I think that this is up your alley. Like, I think that you're going to read this game and you're going to see a lot of superhero love in it, because I think, like, that's the kind of, like, critical voice that I think is going to add a lot of, like, value to it, and those are people who are connected to people who read comics, right? Like, if we're talking... If we're talking influencers, which I think is a valid thing to talk about when we're talking about marketing, the people that can influence people who love superhero comics are people who review superhero comics. So, like, I've made a thing that is a love letter to superhero comics. I'm sending it off to, like, comic book reviewers and saying, this might not be your regular fare, but I think that there's something in here that you'll love. And it's a lot of the other big... The other big push that I've been doing that I'm, like, really, really excited about how it's been shaking out is um, I mentioned doing, like, role-playing game podcasts. And I've been doing some, like, general interviews and general, like, generalized actual play. But there are so many, and I say this with nothing but love for all of them, having been a cast member on some of them. There are so many masks and new generation actual play podcasts. There are so many of them. There are so many of them that exist. And like there are so many specifically superhero actual play podcasts that are like an ongoing actual play podcast campaign centered around superheroes. I reached out to every single one that I could think of and I was like, listen, here is my game. It's not your normal game. You, we don't like if you want to play it. It runs pretty short. We can fit it into a single episode if you're interested. But like, from a marketing perspective, that is a that that like those podcasts. A, they're almost all made by people that I love and respect as people to begin with. So it was easy for me to reach out and be like, "Hey, we're friends. Like, this is a thing I'm excited to share with you." But B, like those are people people listening to for instance protean city comics which is my favorite of the bunch are people that love superheroes right like those are people that love superheroes and they love listening to rpg content so i'm like that's 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 people that i can like that's a that's a persuadable audience that's people that are at least familiar enough with rpgs that like i don't have to necessarily start at zero but there're also people that are more that are uh, deeply invested in superhero stories. These are people that are making fan art for characters and sharing theories and I'm like that's a superhero audience and that's an audience that like is up the alley of like what I am doing. And so I've been and the other cool thing is this is like it, it allows me to it allows me to showcase a lot of like um I guess I would call them unexpected applications of the game, which has been really cool and really like exciting. And like, as much as I've talked about it in like a promotional sense, like I'm not going to lie. The real reason that I've reached out to a lot of these podcasts is because a big part of the game is like fleshing out like a real life city or like fleshing out like the fictional city that their action takes place in. And the idea that I can go to these podcasts and be like, you're telling superhero stories in a set city. Let's play this game. And then you have a bunch of locations that later on you can come back to and be like, we're back at this, we're back at this city park that we created in this episode that we made in Jeff's game. Listeners get to go, Oh, I heard that game. I remember the stuff that happened there. I get to go that connects back to my own work, which is going to drive people back to the thing. But also I get to listen to a bunch of podcasts that I like and go, I made that. That's that that location is a place that I made like we made that together. And like that is exciting to me
0: you get to add to the canon of those worlds, exactly
1: like getting to leave my mark on a bunch of podcasts that I already listened to is pretty cool. Like it's a pretty cool feeling.
0: So, yeah, it seems like um, reaching out to influence is a big part of the strategy. Um, so so when people are listening to this, the game will be launched on December 16th. We're yes. recording this exactly a month ahead of time. So what does the next month look for you as far as the the, the promotion up to the launch? <sighs> my answer <laughs> yeah, to that busy. is uh,
1: busy. Um, yeah, so my plan, and this is something, this is a big lesson. We talked about, like, lessons we learned from other games. This is a big lesson that I learned from, A, Mission Accomplished, and B, like, other games, and C... I learned this from like my day job, right? Like I am a a writer for – I work for a, a tech company. I am a writer and we've had some big product releases and I'll tell you, none of them, none of them went to market. We didn't launch any of them and go, okay, cool. We launched the thing. Now it's time to go do all the other stuff and like promote it and make all of our marketing material. No, my life became hell for two months before we launched every one of those products because I had to write a bunch of marketing slicks and a bunch of like – had to script a bunch of webinars and do a bunch of other things. And so – and when we did Mission Accomplished, that was that was the wh- – exactly the same thing. It was – it was, okay, by the time this episode – by the time this kicks, we hit the big green button on Kickstarter. We're going to have a dozen podcasts recorded that will drop on a set calendar from you know october twenty fifth, 26th to november 15th like we're gonna verbatim for anyone who can wear the mask when i hit that publish button on itch.io i wanted the exact same thing right like i wanted to say all right i'm not running this on a timer this isn't a kickstarter but in that first month When that sort of initial like, hey, this is new and exciting thing, a bunch of cool stuff is going to drop. And I'm going to be able to say on this day, this drops on this day, that drops. And all of that means that from now until December 16th, I'm recording. I've got like a bunch of podcasts to record. I've got once I have the the finished book, which I should have in the next you know, week or two. Then it's going to be emailing a bunch of reviewers and saying, hey, here is a formal advanced copy of the game. There is no obligation, but if you'd like to read it, like, let me know. Reaching out to a bunch of blogs and saying, I am available for interviews, or if you'd like to review the game, here you go. But, like, moving those pieces ahead of time is something that is, like, that is, for me, the the job, right? Like, the my work happens so that on december 16th i hit a button sit back and relax that is that is that is a kickstarter and that in itself is a kickstarter lesson because uh when we launched the kickstarter i took the day off work i took the next day off of work because i said or no i took the day before we launched the kickstarter off to like finish prepping the kickstarter then i took the day off uh, the day of off because i was like screw it it's live i'm not gonna think about anything else i'm busy i've got a kickstarter launching Then I drove into work the next day and got laid off. That's another different story, but, like, it's still pretty funny. Um, But, like, it's that feeling of, like, my work as a promoter, as a marketer, is all going to happen before December 16th. By the time December 16th happens, I'm going to hit that red button. I'm going to tweet out, hey, this game is live. And then I'm going to take the day off. I've already got it put in at work. I'm already taking the day off. I'm pretty sure I'm taking the next day off. But like the goal is to work my butt off now so that I'm certain that the promotion happens like on and after the day. And a big – and speaking of like lesson lessons, this is a lesson that – this is even more so than like what I learned from Kickstarter. This is a lesson that I learned from podcasting. Because I work with people that make kick, that like have run Kickstarters and things. And it breaks my heart when I get an email from a game designer and it says, Hey, my game is on Kickstarter. Can you feature it on your podcast? Because the most honest answer I can say for that is, You should have emailed me two months ago. Because there's a production cycle, right? Like it takes me time to like, either like make sure you like you and I get a recording date for you and I. It takes time for me to record the episode, edit the episode, release the episode. I can't do that in the two weeks that you've given me when your Kickstarter is live. Like as much as it hurts me to say that, like, and it kills me because I really want to promote these people's games, I got I can't run a like, I can't make that happen in two weeks. It it I could but I've already I'm already going gray enough as is. <laughs> so like that lesson, that lesson of, uh, reach out to people two months in advance because that is when you need to be like on your thing and making plans and scheduling stuff. That is a that is a podcasting lesson because the honest the, the honest truth is that is just me living by the golden rule and doing unto others and saying, I would want this game designer to reach out to me two months prior. I'm going to do them the same solid and reach out with enough time that if they're interested, we never have to stress. If I can, if I can get the promotion of this game off the ground and no one is stressed about getting that promotion out the door, then I feel like I've done my job.
0: Yeah. Even for shows that don't have, you know, three months of episodes in the can. it's like Right.
1: I realized uh, I, realize so I yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Cause I realize. I'm perhaps an anomaly in that I have three to six months of episodes locked in. But you know what? I might not be the only one. I like to think. Yeah, but like, even for the people that are like, even for the people that have been like, oh yeah, we record, we record, you know, Tuesday and we release Thursday. It's like, okay, cool. Then I've, then I am asking you three months in advance, put me down for third, for, for, you know, Tuesday the 14th or whatever. If you, if put me down for the day, that three days later is going to be the day the game is out. Like, Because that way, when it gets to that date, that person's already got a guest locked in. And they don't have to do any work for it. And we just have to make sure we're all good. Like, if I can have all of the wheels in motion, then, like I said, then launch day is I hit a button and I relax. And that's the end goal.
0: So, yeah, we talked a lot about the influencers and the people you're reaching mm-hmm. out to. Um, I actually haven't seen a lot of stuff about the game on your social channels and your site. When does When does that uh, start? Prob- probably now. Like, I I think it's I
1: think it's not the most helpful on social to tease it too far ahead of time because I think it's easy to. Social has a pretty short, like, lifespan. Like, I started tweeting about it in, like, September, and I already feel like people have forgotten it to a certain extent. So I think, like, now is when I'm going to start being like, hey, this is coming. Like, this is this is what it is. This is why you should get hype about it. Because that's going to give me a good month of, like, lead-in, right? Like, I can talk about the game. I can talk about its influences. I can talk about, like, what you're going to do with the game. That'll give me a good month of, like, build-up, which I think is enough time for people to, A, not get sick of it, B, understand what it is once it launches, and C, like, not have forgotten about it. Like, I I, I don't want – what I don't want is for the game to become noise, right? Like, I, I know – and I say this with nothing but love and respect for the people, but, like, are there absolutely designers that I have, like, interacted with that, like – talk about a game to a point where I question if it's ever going to come out. And like, I don't want it to feel like that because I think that there's a level of exhaustion that comes with that. So I think like, I feel like, thank you for pointing out that today was one month to the date (laughs) because I had lost track of the day of what the day was. So yeah, about a month early feels like the right time to start being like, y'all. Get ready because on 1216, some cool stuff is about to happen.
0: That's what it seems like. Uh, like, you just did a, a very almost cryptic tease in, in September. Like, didn't really say anything, but like, yeah. I got something coming. And now, so what does the next month of content look like? Where is it like, are you going to be releasing blogs? Are you going to, is it going to end up on the Party of One podcast or at least mention? It is. It is on party. We ha- we
1: got a party of one recorded. We recorded that back in September to like make sure like we were the the guest that I want the my dream guest for the game happened to I am me because she's a friend of mine and she's like when can I play on party of one again and I was like now that you mention it I have this game but um so we've got the party of one episode locked in what it's gonna be between now and then is a lot of there's gonna be a few different tax to it. And there are, it's going to be a lot of like social focused. I mean, Twitter is going to Twitter is my home base and it's going to be a lot of Twitter content, but like, um, there's going to be a fair amount of like direct, like, Hey, December 16th, anyone can wear the mask. Here's what it's about. Are you excited? And you know, some, some AMA type content because I love answering weird questions. And I think it's an easy way to like drive excitement about the game. But I also love uh what's called what, I, what I've seen referred to as quiet marketing, which is to say like posting a thread or like a longer form post or a blog post about like a topic and then kind of circling back around and being like, and here's why it's about anyone can wear the mask. And I think that that's going to be probably pretty relevant. I think it's funny because by the time this drops, I will have done a lot of these things. <laughs> but um, a I, I, lot of the thing that I want to talk about in relation to the game is like superhero stories that I love because I think that's an easy way to like connect back to the game's roots and be able to be like, here's how this con- here's how Grant Morrison's action comics run. Influenced like the 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 flow of this game. Here is how, here is how like my here's how Spider Verse like influenced the flow of this game. Here's how you play season one of Daredevil like in this game. Like doing that is gonna give me a lot of opportunities to like talk about the game, but also talk about it in terms of if you're a fan of Into the Spider Verse, here's why it's relevant to this game, right? Like. It's it's named after a Spider-Verse quote. Like, here's why I picked a quote from Into the Spider-Verse as the title of the game. Here's why here's why all of these things connect back to this core thing. Which like so building out that like, I guess, topic cluster is probably gonna be a big part of like my social push between now and the 16th. And after the 16th. Like, I'm not gonna stop. I'm not that's that's gonna be the thing that I don't stop afterwards and go like, alright.
0: And weird. Well, that's what at least hopefully you have some of those like blogs written and, and yeah. t- tweets uh scheduled out so you can kind of like stay, that's kind stay of the active goal is... but not like i got i gotta write a blog today what uh I yeah watch spider verse again i mean there are
1: there are there are worse marketing <laughs> obligations than watching into the spider verse
0: but yeah that is kind of um, like going that route, you're you're joining the conversations around like Spider Verse or Morrison versus you know talking more about like here's how I'm tweaking this this type of RPG game mechanic to work for superheroes. Yeah. We're like going the opposite route of like let's uh hey you guys talking uh, Grant Morrison I got a game for you. You're right. That's that's kind
1: of my that's kind of my thing is like find is like talking about it. Spur like I I think it I I want to I want to you put it no you I I was I was gonna I, I was gonna try and like re say what you're saying but yeah it's 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 contributing to the conversation as opposed to being a reply guy because I don't want to be a reply guy but being able to be like hey I love this comic here's how this comic is relevant to the game that I wrote here's a Twitter thread like breaking this down here's a thread about like what works in a Superman comic. You can learn more about this in the game that I wrote like those those things those 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 principles are really like key to making the conversation natural, which I think is like a really I think understated part of like game of like social promotion is how to make it not feel like you are like shouting people down because there's a time and place to shout people down. But like, there's also a time and place to just have a conversation and have something to contribute, and I think that is a fine line to walk that I think I get wrong sometimes. But I feel like I, I at least can see when it's done well and poorly, and can learn from that.
0: That's what the other the other fine line that uh, I I always struggle with and try to figure out, and and I'd love to hear your thoughts on is on launch day and then beyond so it sounds like you've got your messaging strategy down pretty well what is your frequency going to be as far as you know tweet lasts about what are the 22 minutes how are you tweeting yeah like how often are you are you going to be putting out content um and you know for how long past the the release date are you really going to have a heavy push
1: that so as far as frequency as far as like duration this project is a bit of an experiment because it's not going to Kickstarter and so much and I'm doing so many Kickstarter things. I think for my own like I think for my own health I think I'm going to try and follow like a Kickstarter time frame, right? And like say like I'm going to like post at this frequency. For about 30 days. Like I think I'm going to give myself those 30 days. The same 30 days I'd give myself if I were running the Kickstarter. And be like this is the time frame when I'm like actively hitting that drum. I don't. I think it'll probably be. No more. It depends on like content length. Like if I post like a whole thread. It'll probably be like one, one, one like thread in a day. Or if I'm posting a few smaller, like, comments, I'll probably aim towards, like, two or three. Because I think that, like, in the same way that I don't want to become noise, I don't want to become the account that you mute because I won't stop talking about my thing. So I I think, like, a few targeted and, like, crafted pieces of content a day that people can share and comment on and, like, drive that conversation and that enthusiasm in the month leading up to it and the month after feels doable for one thing right it feels that feels like that feels like i'm never just shoveling content onto twitter.com but it also feels achievable like i feel like i could create content to fill that time frame pretty comfortably and it feels engageable like that doesn't feel like i am just go go here's everything here's all my stuff ah Like, it doesn't feel like I don't want that vibe. And I feel like that's a pretty good balance between those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. A few pieces of and you uh, bold around targeted content today is a uh, seems like a good, good balance to hit.
1: Yeah, I think because then you get like one in the morning, one in the afternoon, one in the evening, like that feels like a pretty good. Flow, right? Like. And I'll be tweeting other stuff in the meantime. I'm gonna be publishing Party of Ones in the meantime and making jokes about the great clown Peleachi in the meantime, and like I'm gonna be doing all of these other things. So it's like I feel like amidst my normal routine, three things of like, and here's the game that I'm publishing feels like a good rhythm to have.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been this has been a lot of fun for me. Is there anything else that you're like really excited about the, the game or the campaign that we haven't got a chance to touch on? No, this was
1: incredible and was the, my, like one of my favorite conversations that I've had about the game. So thank you for that. Like I am, this really, this, this was just, this was exactly what I wanted. So thank you so much. I'm just, I'm delighted.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Um, any, any final advice for someone building a geek brand of any kind? Be genuine, but, but, don't.
1: Yeah, no. Even I'm not even to say, be don't be genuine, be genuine, and be honest in your ex, both your expectations and your, like your your means, and the uh, like in terms of like if you are, if you are making a thing because you want to make a bunch of money off of it, do. Own that, say that, be be that person. That's cool. That's totally fine. I want to make Anyone Can Wear the Mask because I kind of want to make some money off of Anyone Can Wear the Mask. Like, I'm selling that as a product. I'm fine with that. I make Party of One because I want to make professional friends and connections and play games with people. That is, like, my honest-to-goodness, like, motivation for that. The The, the moment that somebody comes to me and is like, I'm looking to like make friends and build connections. And like, then, then you switch it on and you're like, and here's this thing that I'm making that you Jeff Stormer are going to love and want to give me money for. Well, then you've betrayed my trust and my confidence. And I, as a consumer of your product feel lied to, and I, as your peer feel lied to. And the other thing is recognize the difference between recognize the difference between those two things that I just laid out, right? Recognize when you are talking to someone as a consumer, as a as a as a customer of your brand or your product or whatever you are offering and recognize when you are talking to someone as a peer because I think that distinction is super super important and like crossing that distinction like can happen, right? Like I kind of want my friends to buy my 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 thing. But it is an easy way to hurt someone's trust if you make them think that they are on one end of that equation when they are on the other. Like it is an easy way to, easy way to undermine a friendship if you make them think that they are a customer when they are your friend. And it is an easy way to betray someone if they think that they are your friend and you are, and they are a customer to you. Those distinctions are very important and you will have a better experience and have much better mental health in the long run if you can identify those and stick to them
0: yeah i feel like at uh like marketing conferences or any kind of like event like that i've been on both sides of the conversation like great conversation and then someone goes for the pitch and it's just like oh it's like i I thought we were talking snowboarding
1: yeah i thought we were friends like i see it all the time i see it i see it a lot on social where like somebody will be like oh yeah i can't wait to like get to know your work and stuff But also, here's the thing that I want you to check out. And it's like, did you really, like, want to get to know my stuff and get to know me? Or are you just trying to sell me a thing? And the people that say that to me and then get to know me and then are like, okay, yeah, I'd love to get to know you and get to know your stuff and then do that. Those are the people that I'm ride or die for. And, like, those are the people that I will cross that line willingly and go buy their stuff because they're my friend. But, like, and likewise, the people that lead off with. Hey, I want to pitch you on a thing like you are a customer and I want to sell you on a thing because I think you are the ideal audience for it. Okay, I'm not going to have any uh, familiar. I'm not going to have like a familial feeling to you, but I'm going to hear your pitch because you're that you you've enacted this as a business transaction. And there's a there is a a beauty and a value to that.
0: Yeah, you're going to read that email with a little without a sour taste in your mouth after the. Yeah before the hey, friends, exactly. I got something for you. Exactly. Well, uh, this has been awesome. I love oh, getting, yeah. getting in the weeds with you and, uh, really talking marketing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I got a couple complaints that we went too far and, uh, really, really got too technical. Fingers, cr- <laughs> fingers crossed. So I know we're doing something right. Um, where should we go to, uh, to check out, uh, the game? You
1: can go to, you can pick up the game at jeffstormer.itch.io slash mask. At the time of this episode, it will be out. Um, you can also go to jeffstormer.com to check out the games that I produce, the podcasts that I make, all of that good stuff. Uh, and otherwise, you can follow me on
0: Twitter, Party of One Pod. Awesome. And I'll include links to all that in the show notes. Cool. Well, this has been, uh, this has been really great. Thanks so much for coming on.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was, this was, this was a bright spot in my day.
0: There you have it, guys. My talk with Jeff Stormer, creator of Anyone Can Wear the Mask. And one thing that I I really liked that he stressed was the importance of planning things out ahead of time. So, you know, understand your audience, know the content that you're going to use to reach out to them, and, you know, really plan it out a month, two months more in advance so that you can reach out to to influencers you know podcasters bloggers um, different different groups and communities and really um, you know kind of start start that marketing engine early so that you're not rushing on launch day and and on launch day you kind of have all your ducks in a row and you're just able to to push go and, and get your get your product out there so start early plan as much of it as possible ahead of time, and uh, you'll, see, you'll see a great launch. Uh, so definitely give Jeff a follow at jeffstormer.com. Check out anyone can wear the mask at jeffstormer.itch.io slash mask, and follow Jeff on Twitter at Party of One pod. And I'll include links to all of this in the show notes at underthecapes.com slash episode 75. And until next time, I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed a bit more of a deep dive into the marketing side of things. If you did, please let me know on Twitter at underthecapes. the um, And if you'd like to see more things like this or if there's other... Aspects of your entrepreneur journey that you'd like us to dive deeper in, whether that's, you know, the brand building or the accounting, uh, you know, any any of those uh, aspects um, would be a lot of fun. So let me know uh, what you're interested in, and until next time, I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast by Under the Capes. I hope this episode has helped motivate you to either start or grow your geek brands. If you like the episode, I would love if you could give us a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to be listening from. And feel free to connect with us on social media, on Twitter at UnderTheCapes, on Facebook at UnderTheCapes, and on Instagram at Under the Cosplay. Thanks so much, and have a great day.